Guten Abend, a joyeux Noel. It's bloody movie versus film time. This won't be a very big gap for you listeners at home, but for us, it's been about five months since we last recorded, so give us some breathing room. But anyway, it's lovely to have you here with us at Movie vs. Film. My name is Daniel Bickersteth, and I am here in person with the one, the only. It's Will. Hi. Hey, I'm still, I'm here as well. What? Yeah. So we're both here. I could, together, if I recording. wanted to, I could give Will a high five. With, this is weird. And um, we are in a bubble, as, yes. uh, as, <laughs> well, as they say. I've got a beer, you've got a beer. Shall Let's we clink for the clink. audience? Bang. Oh, yeah. So, where are we? We're doing the decades. We are still doing the decades. Well, we've done the 20s. Yeah. We've done the 30s. Yeah. What comes next? Uh. 40s, 50s, oh, 60s, that's where we're at. The roaring 60s, the time of free love, of a civil rights movement, of, I don't know, the Beatles. I just just wanted to say the Beatles in, uh, so, you know. It is, it's a very famous period, isn't it? It's a period that's like an era unto itself. It's like Stone Age, uh, the Renaissance, the 60s. And what happened in film in the 60s, then? Um, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, French New Wave. French New Wave, which we have done how many times now, Dan? Five? How about all the times? I d- when was the last time I watched a film with you that wasn't French New Wave, Dan? Um, I don't know. A long time ago. <laughs> Star Wars? <laughs> and is today one of those days? No, I'm joking. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, I, I, I'm collapsing. <clears throat> it is. But uh, look, we're doing... We're doing Agnes Varda's uh, Cleo from five to seven, all right? Yeah. I wanted to do this for a very specific reason. That's because I haven't done any female, female directors yet, and I'm bloody... I'm embarrassed, because I'm, I'm, I'm a state. Bloody embarrassed. I'm a bloody state, mate. Sorry, I'm starting to talk like the other film that we're yeah, going to talk about. Yeah, so I did... Um, I went with Alfie, because, actually, in, in a similar vein, I'm quite embarrassed that we haven't really done much uh, in, Non-American. in the way of British uh, cinema. So I thought, well, sixties comes along. I had a few choices, but then Cool Britannia, very, it's very British. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. So uh, I went with Alfie. Um, I've seen it before. I knew I liked the film, um, so it was one. Uh, it was quite an easy picking for me. It was an easy, easy picking for me. Though I wasn't sure whether it might be a little bit on the arty side. Is it? Maybe. Probably not. All right, and since I've started blabbering on about Alfie uh, just a second ago, why don't we kick it off with the man, Alfie? Dan. The, the, Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. I love bloody Michael Caine, mate. This was uh, probably one of his biggest films. It's his first leading role. It's the film that made him famous. I didn't know that. Well... I did. <laughs> well, you did, and you were just telling me. So That's how sharing information works, and I'm very proud to be the first person to give you that fact. This is an information age. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's directed by, hang on, I've got it in my notes, Lewis Gilbert. There we go. Is he a big, is he a big man? 
Well, I might get on physically. To him. I might get, he's a very, very big man. Or you should see his height. <laughs> I might get onto him a little bit later. But anyway, um, this it, 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 for me, this film epitomises the sexy, cool Britannia that I mentioned because of the lead role. And Alfie, he is, he's many things, okay? He's a real cool dude. He's a real smooth charmer. He's a real misogynist, but he gets his comeuppance in the end. And he is played by Michael Caine. And I absolutely love his performance. His performance is incredible. Note perfect, I think. The, the, uh, I guess you'd call them soliloquies or asides to the camera are so genuine, so... Yeah, he breaks the fourth done. wall in a very, I mean, you said before, maybe possibly arty way. And, and, he, and he, like, he, he talks to the audience in such a, like, he, he brings you in. way. He, he brings you in and he wants you to listen yeah, to him. Not, it's not like in your face or anything. It's just like, it's that sort of, yeah, like you say, he pulls you in. He yeah. goes, by the way, uh, she doesn't do this around here. So and you're just going, oh yeah, what? What? And right from the beginning, he does this, and he talks to you like you're the audience, and he talks yeah. to you like he says, like, uh, I know you're expecting the uh, titles to come up now, but uh, it's not going to happen. All right. Yeah. So it's really, it, it, it. I think. I think. I don't know whether whether that sort of thing had been done before, but it's very experimental, mm. and it works really well. But it, it would only work with a charismatic performance. I was like going to say it hinges on him. Yeah, because, so much. and he has to be charismatic because otherwise he's just a dickhead misogynist. Yeah, and, and he, he there's is a couple an of absolute dickhead misogynist. He the calls, best example. He calls, he calls women, women it. it. He goes, oh, it loves it, but it does. And it's like, why are you calling her it? And there's only at one point one of the one of the um, other characters does call him up. It's like, that's my wife. Why are you calling her it? And and I'm like, oh thank fuck that actually that actually they're aware of this <laughs> being being downright fucking awful. He's a very destructive character. He goes around talking about people like, okay, like like he he talks about women like he's only in it for them. Yeah. He talks about just wanting to make he's them happy. Manipulative. But he's so manipulative. And he's so selfish. And really, it's all about him. And there's a couple of relationships that he has that are bad, that are really horrible. He, and he fucks keeps, himself over as well, though. He with keeps them. he keeps some of his girlfriends so downtrodden and manipulates them into loving him while giving nothing in return. Every single woman that he's with in the film is unhappy until they leave him. That is true. That is so every true. single woman that he is with, apart from the one. Uh, more buxom lady. Is that the American one? Yeah, that is um, essentially an older version of Michael uh, of, him, of, yeah. of Alfie, who does the exact same thing but to younger men. She is the only person, and it's because they kind of they kind of met their match. She's the only person that is relatively happy, and that is but all then, part of but his then comeuppance. She, isn't it? Yeah, and then as her, as Alfie's comeuppance, she kicks him to the curb when he is for the first time is ready to open up and ready to become but he's also be this is a when part he's of a relationship on a downer yeah. anyway it's when he's just suddenly decides that he's ready to be part of a relationship because he sees his previous um uh, previous women i don't know how to say it partners partners yeah and he sees them suddenly doing better without him and he goes oh well i'm gonna have to settle down at some point and the person he chooses to settle down with kicks him doesn't want him fucking curb because he's a twat so plot wise i think his spiral really starts when 
uh, with his first son. Yeah, don't you think? So he has this child. He's very he tries, horrible about he, it. He, he tries, tries to abandon he, it. He, well, he tries to get her to have an abortion to start yeah. with. Um, something that comes back later yeah. with another woman. And she decides not to. She's the sweetest uh, woman. Um, she's very downtrodden. The young, the young, yeah. the young girl. This, yeah. um, she's a very good performance as well. She's great. And then yeah. she, but she also has another suitor who is just very genuine. He's lovely. He's a bit free. Yeah, he's just a bit of a loser. But he's, he's like, not, but though, you know that God, he would look after this her. world needs more Humphreys and less Alphys. The point is, the idea is that he is the loser, and she, he's not as exciting to her, and that's why she keeps pushing him back because he is a bit of a everyday loser. But then she does choose and him, and they are happy. To... Exactly. So it's that's. Beautiful. Beautiful. Kind of the moral, I guess. And I think that their romance is going. one of the best romances in any film that you've prepared for me this season. What, just hers and Humphreys? Yeah, man. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, sweet, it's yeah. so sweet. Because he decides in the end, Humphrey, to, to be with her and to look after this child who's not his child. And he doesn't care. He's very selfless. And he says something to her on the bus, which was so beautiful. You remember there's that scene between them on the bus where everyone's yeah. kind of listening. He says something like, I know that you don't really want me, but if you ever do, I'll be here. Mm. And that's so beautiful, and it's so opposite yeah. of what Alfie stands for. But that's for. what the point is. It's like, I think the film is telling you that as well. Yeah. The film is going, yeah. Alfie's a dick, he's going to get his comeuppance, but Humphrey, on the other hand, is going to get what he wants because he's a genuine nice guy. Absolutely. So, yeah. So in the end, Alfie loses his son. And who he, who he genuinely has... He starts he, to have yeah, he feelings does, for he does it. Start so to, sad. He does start to love and then <laughs> realises... But he still walks out. He still goes, all right, well, fuck yeah. Because he's so proud. Because he's pride. so proud. And he kind of just wants to carry on. He doesn't want to settle down with her. He wants to carry on his, his uh, misogynistic he's, he's a He's a free spirit. You know, he's a 60s um, Don Juan. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, the abortion thing does come back to him because he gets into a, a, a selfish and horrible like fling with the wife of one of his friends that he meets in hospital, which is, you know, the plot stuff. Yeah. And she... There, really, there was literally no need for him to go to hospital. What, has he got like an infection? He had, he had, he had, he had, yeah, he had a chest infection, infection or something and like then, that. Uh, yeah, it was just another way of moving at arm, wasn't it? But anyway, yeah, he is a slightly older woman, a bit older than him, I think, and... She gets pregnant and uh, she has to have an abortion, which which was illegal in 1966. And so they get a very sort of backstreet uh, abortionist who's mm. played by um, what's his name? He's in he's in he's in Indiana, he's, he's in Indiana yeah. Jones. I can't, um, I can't remember his remember name. His he's either. a brilliant actor. He's in uh, a room with a view as well. Anyway, mm. and uh, there's a couple of little famous people as well. Do you notice his doctor is Eleanor Bron? Nope, didn't notice him. You know, you know who I mean, the doctor. She was attractive. I remember that. And she's he's trying to flirt. Uh, he's trying to flirt with her the whole time. She's in uh, Women in Love, and she's in a couple of other really famous '60s TV series. She's one of those like real '60s English roses, right, English right, rose yeah. characters. Um, yeah, so it's that's kind of the final scene, or just before the final scene, where he he looks. You, the camera doesn't see it, mm-hmm. but he looks at what we the audience imagines. And probably is the murdered fetus, fetus yeah. of his second and he child. Said, and, he's like, and he says that he didn't expect it to look so alive, etc. Yeah. He yes. thought it would just look like yeah. a blob, but it's got a face. Yeah. And 
it's very sad, and that then that's when he, every all he the women he's got, that, and he also starts thinking about his other kid that he's had, yeah, which he's lost like, as well. Which he's lost, yeah, and he 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 loses all of his side girlfriends at basically the same time, and then he wanders down the street, and there's a dog who we've kind of been following the whole the whole film as well. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the dog is clearly a metaphor for him. Yeah, at absolutely. the beginning, he, the dog meets a, a a younger bitch and runs into the same place where Alfie is also having sex so it's quite obvious what they're trying to get at Alfie is just a dirty dog yeah. mate and at the end when Alfie is alone so is the dog yeah it's a lovely little uh, mirror back, yeah. yeah it's very good what do you think Will of how uh, of how this film was influenced by the French New Wave then um, yeah there was there was a fair few like uh, nods I guess um, in terms of I would say the montages. There was a few sort of montage bits yeah. going on. Um, some of the editing, there was some very sort of fast um, cuts and uh, what they called um, jump cuts. There, yeah. was, there was a few of them bad yeah. boys in there. It was very there was experimental, few, wasn't there was it? There a few very interesting frames. There was one in particular that I really loved when he starts going into his aside. He's in the bathroom. He looks up. He sees that there's a mirror in the top of the bathroom so we know something source is going down. <laughs> and he looks up and then the camera follows his, follows his um, eye line and looks up with him. And then he just continue, continues to give his monologue to the camera through this mirror. It's a great shot. It's very really interestingly shot. It's much more experimental than that sort of film has yeah. a right to there's, be. I there's think. a lot of very sort of um, involving shots where it's very close up to everyone's body, and he just peeps around the corner of. He plays, and with he the just camera, he, he literally plays with the camera. He he beckons the camera to do this, but that's what that's what happens when it is when it has broken down that fourth wall. You can get away with stuff. like And that. as much as it does remind me of French New Wave films like Breathless. Uh, I think the film that it reminds me most of is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which in which uh, he plays with the camera in exactly the same way which and talks obvious, to the camera. Which is obviously taken from Alfie. Oh, Alfie's like yeah. 20, years 20 years before, before Ferris yeah, Bueller. Yeah, sure. uh, but I think it's it's interesting that that sort of thing doesn't happen very often. It's It happens in theatre a lot. Hmm. You, you talked about soliloquies and yeah. that sort of Shakespearean thing where the actor on stage would talk to the audience and, like, bid them to listen to the tale. Yeah. But you don't see it in film very much. And I'm glad, because I think a lot of tropes get overused, like, so much. I'm glad that this one has been given space to be unique. Because it doesn't get... it doesn't It's not boring in this film, is it? It's not at all. And it works. He, and he plays, he plays with it just the right amount. Um... And it also would take someone who can actually um, really draw you in to actually make it work. And he does. So He really does. I think all the performances are very good. It's not just him. But I think that with a lesser actor, this film wouldn't have become famous. It's not really about the interesting camera work and editing. It's really about what a star in the making Michael Caine mm. was in 1966. It was, a, it was a play beforehand, wasn't it? Yes, I have heard. I've heard that it was a play. Was it a big play? I don't know. Um, pass. Was, was it a well-known play? I wasn't around in the, that, the time to ask anybody, and I mm. haven't done the research. Because now, if you ask, it made me look a fool. Yeah, now if you ask about it, everyone will just think about it as the Michael Caine film. Well, I'm worried. Or, or I'm the worried Jude Law film. Say the Jude Law. Oh film. my yeah. god, the Jude Law one is. 
fucking wank. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, I've seen the trailer. It's so bad. It's so bad. It looks bad. Well, it's not so bad, so bad. It's just a bit like, what's the point? Yeah. I don't hold with any of he's this just not. Shit. He's just not as good as Michael Caine. Well, there we go. That's, how, that's proof that it wouldn't work without Michael Caine. Although I think Jude Law's Jude and, Law's good, and also I, th- and I also I think Alfie's like hasn't dated very well. <laughs> no, it's not um, a story for but the twenty first yeah, century. Yeah, exactly. And um, but it's kind of in. I say it hasn't dated very well, but it's kind of in its own time capsule. I think it is. It feels so much like the swing. It's 60s. so it's so sixties that actually watching it, you don't go, oh bloody hell, oh I can't watch this. But what you do go is like, go, oh don't agree with that, but at the same time, sixties. And as lovable and like charming as he is, I don't think that if a man just went around acting like that, anybody would give him the time of day now. Uh, no, I disagree, mate. I disagree massively. Really? There are still Alfies about in this world right now to this day. There are plenty of them. Exactly like that? No, maybe they don't call people it and or anymore, but um, maybe they're not as controlling to their women. Yeah. But oh my God, yes, there's Alfies, mate. We, we, we've come a long way. We haven't come all the way. All right, well, I still think there should be more Humphreys in the world. Well, <laughs> Everybody should aspire to be a Humphrey. If you, if you, as long as you're a Humphrey. <laughs> I don't know if I am a Humphrey. That's the problem, That's mate. all we can ask anyone to be, <laughs> is just be a Humphrey. Yeah. I think I'm more like, I think I'm more like the downtrodden mother of his child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel more like that. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> do, you, do you really think this is a great film? Do you think this is like one of the most important films as far as like yeah, British using, cinema yeah, goes? Using, yeah, yes, I do. Um, using the word important is difficult because then, but yeah, I think actually what it's, what it has uh, achieved, what it has sort of brought to the table in terms of British cinema, I think actually it was beautiful yeah. um, to look at. I think the performances were great. I think um, I think its achievement is in its characterization of London as well yeah, um, and that's how true. it really has um, kind of defined that era of London. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think so, yeah. I do think it's an important piece of cinema. Um, and I do think it is a great piece of cinema, yes. I think it's very good. I do as well. I think... It is a very, very fun and funny and enjoyable and that's it. film. See, this is what I should be saying as well, because this is my this is my whole shtick, right? I watched that from beginning to end and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. this is fun. This is fun. Oh, that's it's bad. A, it's, it's depressing. Oh, no, it's depressing that's bad. Sometimes. Yeah, for sure. But then I'm like, yeah, 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 this is fun. Um, it's just got such an upbeat just, rhythm. Yeah, and it has. And the rhythm, the music in this is fucking awesome. It's, right, it's as well. jazz, isn't it? It's that sort jazz. Ding, ding. Every time you that know, was singing in the right. Every, yeah, it was actually. <laughs> no, no, actually, I think you'll find they're actually quite similar. Um, but no, every time he's on the he's on the prowl and he's being a bit naughty. On the prowl, when he's like being a predator. When he's being, yeah, well, he's a predator. Yeah, we yeah. know he's a predator. But when he's being a bit naughty, and he, he's even going, oh, I'm a bit naughty or whatever. Yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing a Michael Caine impression because it's just going to get very tiresome. But. Uh, yeah, every time he's being a bit naughty, this little this little jingle comes on. You're like, oh, here Hello. he goes. The naughty jingles just come on. Hello. <laughs> I'm about to go give her a what's it or whatever. Yeah, he does. And he, t- he talks to the audience before and after yeah. like every single scene. It's very yeah, funny. Yeah. Okay, so that's that one. Let's move on to Cleo uh, uh, de Sonque à Sept by Agnes Varda. We just watched it. Yeah. Well... And uh, the English translation is Cleo from five to seven, which is basically five o'clock to seven o'clock. Not Absolutely. that she's she's not five years um, old and then seven years old. Just like to 
preempt that though, um, it isn't from five o'clock to seven o'clock. Yeah, it's we'll actually see. from five o'clock to six thirty. Yeah, well, so that may be true, but it's <laughs> misleading. One star. How dare you How call dare it by the wrong name? Mislead your consumers. So this is by a director called Agnes Varda, who is not someone that I know a lot about, but she was one of the left bank, the, you know, the left bank group of filmmakers in France that made the uh, the new wave uh, film shows she was friends with Truffaut and Godard and actually I, they said in the credits that Godard was in this film I don't know what Godard looks like I don't I don't know who Godard is or what he looks like <laughs> where he came from We've where done. did he go I don't know who Godard is Cotton Eye Joe uh, we have done his film Breathless on the podcast no I do know <laughs> it's been a dick <laughs> so it's, I know it's another French new wave film and it feels so a lot like one, doesn't it? It does. Like the, the, the camera work and the editing, it's very yeah. loosey-goosey, isn't it? It's very, uh, whoa, 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 wobble, wobble, wobble. <laughs> yeah. They play a lot around with like. conventions. They but play with like. conventions in a similar way to Alfie. It's, uh, it's all right. I, I quite, yeah, I quite dig it. You digged it? I dig it. You it's, dig it or you digged it? I digged it and I'm still digging it. And you will continue to I dig it? I will continue to dig it <laughs> until, until I can no longer. So it's about... A young woman who is a sort of semi-famous she's singer. A bit of a narcissist, bit. Yeah, she's a she's bit vain, vain and prissy. She's very and prissy and aloof, and she is a bit of a hypochondriac, or she is considered a hypochondriac. She what? has been given a possible diagnosis of cancer. Well, but not before. So no. So the person who's a cancer, she didn't know it was cancer before. The person starts off where she's getting her um, cards read. Her tarot cards read, and then that person, and it? yeah, and it's really weird because the rest of the film is in black and white. Anyway, yeah. we'll get back to that. So she's getting her tarot cards read, and then the tarot woman, Mystic Meg, says to her, "Goes, we think you might be ill." She's like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually awaiting results for something. I don't know what it is." And then she goes, "It's cancer." So we, she actually doesn't know it's cancer until, but she keeps convincing herself it's cancer. That's true. Yeah. And um, lo and behold. It turns out to be. It turns out to be cancer. Yeah. So actually, the whole time throughout the, we basically just spoiled the whole film. But throughout the whole film, she's going around going, "I've got cancer," and everyone's going, "No, you don't. You don't have cancer. Just shut up." But like, sing a song because you're because she's like <laughs> this famous, famous singer. singer yeah. So like, oh no, you don't have cancer, you're Wally, and they're all just kind of like dismissing her the whole time. But you don't care that they're dismissing her because you actually think she's a pretty know it or not know it all, pretty like annoying person um i think the most interesting thing about this film is that like the time yeah because it does go in real time doesn't it, it? it's like 20 it's like 24 with jack it's Bear. like 24 <laughs> except but, i would uh, watch it but it's uh <laughs> but it's got a bit more i think that that's i think itself. that it was in a, in a sense it was an experimental film because i don't know if anybody had really tried to do that in this way and it is an experiment because it's not something that you would necessarily do to make a film better, yeah, but it's something that you would try to do to break new yeah. grounds. It's just a, it's a, it's one of those like um, you just follow a person around for two hours, yeah, and see what she gets up to. And she just visits and friends. She visits and worries about she, cancer. Yeah, she gets worried. She visits friends. She, the idea is that she kind of is convincing herself that she's going to die, and no matter where she looks, she sees death. She just looks around at random people yeah. and they look at her and well, she convinces herself that that means she's sick. She, she'll be driving it or she'll be driving in the street and she'll look to the side and we'll just see a morgue yeah. or we'll just see a baby in a 
what's it called uh, incubator yeah and just things about illness and death and horribleness a man gets killed on the street a man gets yeah. killed on it so she is just constantly being plagued with it as she goes throughout but we day. imagine it's kind of a lot of it is all mm. in her head because we she, talked about how, how people on the street look yeah. at her all the time yeah. and we've been arguing about what the reason for that is and i am convinced that everyone on the street looks at her in her imagination and because she is fo- focused so much on herself we'll and go. i am correct in <laughs> assuming that actually no what happened is they were filming in paris they could not afford to shut down the parisian streets so what's happened is everybody is looking at the camera because they're not all looking at her they're looking at the camera going ooh. some people waved at the camera sure but sake. if robert downey <laughs> jr had made this film you'd praise it and you'd say they did it deliberately <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Ryan Gosling made this film. If they had made this film, they would shut down the Parisian streets. Um, (laughs) I think they did it deliberately because they want everyone to look at the main character. They were looking at. Feels so bad. They weren't looking at her. They were looking at the camera. But anyway, it didn't really bother me that much. But no, this was just. This was not a choice. It was a choice. It was not a choice. How can you think that they would make this film? This is a proper filmmaker with proper actors in it, with a proper. Everyone was looking at the camera. You walk past deliberately in a bus. Everyone looks at the camera not a her <laughs> looking yeah, at the camera are, that is her pov shot as she people are laughing Paris. people are laughing going on the camera going pointing at it you never see anybody looking at the camera when the camera is looking at her yeah because there are smaller more uh, specific shots where they have more control when it's going through the streets and stuff you have uh, created a narrative in this film no nope. it does not exist it doesn't exist um, so yeah, so they basically they couldn't afford to shut down the streets of Paris, <laughs> which is the <laughs> hardest thing to do in the whole world, as everyone knows. No, so, um, no, but I mean, what we're saying, yeah, she sees a lot of death and stuff. Um, even when she's singing, they they like want to sing a slightly more somber song. She gets really angry. And she gets really angry, and she storms off. She takes off her big wig, which thank God, because she looks so much better with a short hair. Yeah, I think oh so. my God, and she was she was gorgeous, by the way. But uh, she yeah, is very mom, vain, uh, so you kind of. I, I was kind of watching it, going like, I don't want to think she's gorgeous. I want her. I want to think, but she she is absolutely stunning. Good good performance as well. Yeah, I think she's great. Actually, seriously, I think yeah. her performance is. You know, if we're talking about like the comparison of these two leads, I do think Ma- Michael Caine's performance is like out of this world, amazing. But she, Corinne Marchand, she's called. I just wanted to look her up. Uh, is brilliant. She plays that aloof, distant, yeah. but v- with vulnerability and, so well. And there is a definite change. There is a definite when she takes the wig off evolution within her character. Yeah, as she as she kind of uh, gets out and about by herself. She then starts kind of almost growing up a little bit. She gives um, in a little. She, she gives in she, a little she, bit. She, yeah. she abandons the prissy prima donna and, she, and becomes a real person. Also, she meets a man who she, instead of kind of um, trying to impress, she kind of talks to him, talks like, to a, him like, like a normal, normal woman, human yeah. being. Yeah, and then they have a genuine conversation, yeah. and he just seems like a really nice guy that goes, "Well, let's." let's go find out for you because she's kind of worried and putting it off so that's why it's let's actually, get it over that's with why right it's actually, that's actually why it's done that's why it's actually finishes at 6 30 because it's like well let's just go that's true well i that is what you've what you said before and it might be that i it's i don't 100%. know if i can think of any other reason um, why it would finish half an hour early i know film 
Okay. <laughs> well, you know about how you can't close down the traffic in Paris and on films. So, um, yeah, I believe you. In the 60s, with this budget, you can. <laughs> I'm joking. Do you think the budget was very low? Uh, I think no, both no, 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 no. Actually, actually, I think both films budgets. look like they're on very low budgets. No, no, no. I think they're decent because actually, like the, I think if you look at the actual quality of the camera, of the camera, yeah. it looks absolutely beautiful this yeah. film the, it's black and white I thought it was very reminiscent of eight and a half that very stark contrast between very very white whites and very very black blacks Fellini Rossellini Fellini Fellini yeah um, Federico Fellini and it, yeah, the contrast was so beautiful oh yeah that's the one where they had oh yeah no I remember that it's the making of the film within the film yeah 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 that's a great film it is it is I thought, I thought so oh, I really like that film um, so yeah, and they get Filled. they play so much with camera movement, uh, playing with the narrative. When yeah. someone's wandering around the shop, the camera wanders oh, it around does. the shop, and it does. And it like sometimes when they're going back and forth in the music, yeah. it little bobs back. It, the and the actual danced. the camera was dancing and it yeah. was swaying back and forth. And it I was, was gorgeous. Like, that was just cool. They play a lot with reflections and mirrors, There's especially in the first super, half. Super amount of reflections, just and just to obviously show how vain she was. And they get a lot of and really I, interesting shots. And I was actually amazed. I was literally, the whole time they were going through all the um, mirror shots. You were amazed I, you couldn't see the camera? Yeah. That, Me too. Never. How did they do it? And I was like, how, how, it is, was this, how is this happening? The, the camera just really felt like it was part of a, a beautiful choreographed dance. Yeah. I must, I must say, yeah, the, the, there was some good filming in this. <laughs> That's so well. I could some, have never worded it like There's you. some real... Uh, so real good filming well, in this in this film. Poet. Do you know really that? good yeah. film, mate. I am the blockbuster nut. Like, what do you expect me to say? <laughs> oh yeah, the cinematography was A class. It had the it had the real shun of Le Fronde and the the real backwardsness of the. But okay, I don't I'll know speak, what the Okay, I'll speak. About. I'll speak in your language. How much popcorn did you eat? None. Oh, so but I so <laughs> but I still enjoyed it. So okay. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I didn't touch my popcorn. It was that good. It was that good. <laughs> didn't even need the fucking popcorn. Um, no, I mean, what do you want? What do you want from me? Uh, I it want was you. good. It was good. I liked the lighting. The lighting was good. I liked the cinematography. Cinematography was good. Um, I thought the acting was good, and I thought the people were good. <laughs> Very good. I really I, I liked the way she looked. Yeah, okay, so for me, I, I really like how it's shot, and I think I like how it's shot more than I like any of the scenes. Yeah, no, I mean, I think some of the scenes it, drags, man. I think this film is deliberately uh, and you know quite, what I'm quite like, monotonous. You know what I'm like, it just, I mean, because it's, it's supposed to be the amount of time that it's she's like, real time. she's like, oh, it's taking too long, or so this is so So if she goes long. on a taxi ride, yeah. you see the whole fucking taxi and dude, ride. And that taxi ride was so fucking long. It's monotonous, it is. Yeah, but and it's about her. Her in the shot. It's about her I mean, waiting. Like, don't get me wrong, the camera, and so the camera does, the, the actual, yeah, the, the filmmaking does a lot to keep you going, but like, my God, when they're walking around in the shop for like 20 minutes and you're going, just pick a fucking hat. <laughs> but I think the camera work they all is look so silly. good because it does yeah. lift it because actually nothing happens in this film. She just noodles around Paris for an yeah. hour and a half. She literally does. I think half of this, yeah, not too dissimilar to Alfie actually, a lot of Alfie is set in cars, but um, yeah, the majority of this film is set in one car, then a different car, yeah. then she's getting a different taxi, then we're on a bus, and it's, 
But also, what is good about that is for someone who doesn't live in Paris or has never been to 1960s Paris, no, I can I can actually say I've never been to 1960s Paris. No, me neither. Um, it was nice because it, it doesn't it doesn't shy away. Thirty years too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't shy away from giving you a little bit of uh, scenery, a bit of mise en scène. Going left and right, going, giving you a bit of the tour, which is nice. So, yeah, good. I think it's quite easy to compare these films, really, isn't it? Because they are so similar. They are it, very, it's yeah. Paris, London, London. man, yeah. woman. One's a bit dirty, one's a bit more sexy. I think the comparison between a man's film and a woman's film is really interesting. They are, actually, fucking, yes, actually, they are literally the same films, yeah. but just opposites, aren't they? They are. Just opposite. the other side of the pond. One's about a, yeah, wow. I didn't even think about it that way. Damn. I've learned something today, kids. The differences for me are that it, Alfie is much more enjoyable to watch. Oh, yeah. But I think technically, Cleo is probably a little bit better. Yeah. I think the performances, Alfie's better. I think, I think, I think, uh, no, I think Alfie's better. And I think, um, yeah, uh, Cleo is definitely more artistic and it's got a bit more. No shit. Of course it is. It's got a little bit more integrity to it. Um, but I think actually the camera work and just the visuals in Alfie were very good as well. A bit darker, a bit more gloomy, a bit, bit naughtier. But, um, naughty. 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 But they, um, no, I think, I, think, I think this is one where we can really just agree to disagree on because I think it's just... You haven't heard my opinion. Yeah, I haven't told you which one I think is better. I just you said You literally just did. You just said... Technically, as far as a technical standpoint oh. is, as far as the camera work and the lighting and the editing, that sort of thing. Although I think the, the, the lighting and the camera work is fantastic in Alfie. I don't know which one I think is better. We'll do the we'll do the scores in a minute, mate, because I've got a quiz for you, and oh. I know how much you love quizzes. You've done this to me last time as well, mate. I've, I've stitched you it. up like a kipper, mate. Basically, what happens, <clears throat> audience, is Dan knows that I don't know as much about film, or I am trying that to make I you look stupid. As, Absolutely, I am yeah. not as artistically flary, um, so he tries to be Larry. Okay, so I want to apologise, okay, because I kind of stitched you up last week by doing a fake yeah a fake, fake quote quiz, quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i just want to apologize by doing a nice thing quiz. I, well it wasn't last week it was bloody it was eight months ago, <laughs> months ago. <laughs> the, the, the only, last episode the that we I did. remember was there was a question where the answer was mason <laughs> and i was like what a random pull out your ass <clears throat> okay well are you ready i've got uh, uh, four or five questions here for you and i want you to try and take this seriously and if you get Enough answers correct, you will win a special movie versus film prize. Okay? Fuck off. You ready? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. And then, then next week, mate, you can give me a quiz and I'll try and beat your record, okay? Alright, but I, I want know, another... I know that you won't, audience, but anyway, well, you can do that. Alright, I want another beer. <laughs> Get another beer. Uh, well, I will pad for a moment while you are getting yourself another beer and I will explain the format of my quiz. I will ask a question. Will will think for a little bit, and then he will give me an answer. I will grade his answer with a true or false, and he's just about to sit down. Right, Will. Okay, this is a true or false question. Yep. Oh, no, wait, this is a, um, oh, which state, which uh, sentence oh, is come true? On. Come Look, on, Quizmaster. Shut up, all right. <laughs> I haven't, I've only done, this is only my second time. Okay, so this is a uh, which sentence is true question. Okay. This is... The debut of Vivian Merchant, who plays Mrs. Clamorcroft, or 
This is the first film that she made after winning an Oscar for the film Hijinks, directed by Harold Pinter. Okay, Mrs. Clemencraft, Mrs. Clemencraft, Mrs. Clemencraft. This is... <laughs> oh, no, she, she's the one who has the abortion. Yes, she yes. is. Yes, okay, 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 okay. Um, she is... She's okay. She's... Uh, I think this was her first film. Ding, ding, ding! Correct. Sweet, well done, mate. One point. Sweet, sweet. Okay, question number two. This is a which say uh, which one is true. Okay. Yep. This is the second film we have covered by director Louis Gilbert. Or Jean-Luc Godard was first choice to direct, but couldn't understand the accent of Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. It's got to be the first one. Correct. He directed that James Bond film that we did. Which one? To live another day. Oh, that piece of shit. No, to, to die. He who dies, you only dies die, twice. You only die twice. You only live twice. You only die it. once. That was directed by Lewis Gilbert. But maybe twice. He oh. is now a bloody <laughs> movie versus film all-star. Oh, you can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Love you. Okay, so... so I've got to stop swearing. Well, what is wrong with me? Jesus. Two out of two. You're on You're a clean sweep so far. Alrighty. Question number three. This, uh, there is an advert in the background of the film for which of the as yet unknown uh, bands? For in which film? Alfie. In Alfie. It's all Alfie. It's all Alfie. It's all Alfie. So there is an advert in the background of Alfie for which as yet unknown band? The Rolling Stones, Oasis, or Little Mix? <laughs> Uh, gee. <laughs> Let me guess. Um, Rolling Stones. Correct! Oh, three out of three! Oh my god, I'm actually really smart. Sweet. I know I know a lot about films. Okay, so this is for the clean sweep. <laughs> and it's you. another it's another quote, okay? For all its impact for all its implicit uh, misogyny, the original 1966 version of Bill Norton's play remains durable because of Michael Caine's career-defining performance of the Cockney Ladies Man. Now there is a clue in there. Who wrote that quote? Repeat the question. Who wrote this quote? For all its implicit misogyny, the original 1966 version of Bill Norton's play remains durable because of Michael Caine's career-defining performance of THE Cockney Ladies Man. There is a clue in there, and I think when you get it, it'll be obvious. This is for the clean sweep, mate. Well, it's not, four out of four. Well, it's not Bill Norton that wrote that. And it's, uh, of THE Cockney Ladies Man. What the heck? No, I need this. I need this four points. You need the four points. Oh, can I can I have one more repeat? One more repeat. What am I missing from this? Is this really obvious? I think so. Yeah. Am I being an absolute idiot? This is a real okay. For all its implicit misogyny, the original 1966 version of Bill Norton's play remains durable because of uh, Michael Caine's original Cain's 1966. There's something in that okay, career-defining performance of the Cockney Ladies Man. Jude Law. Is that your final answer? Yeah. I'm afraid that's incorrect, Will. It was Scotland and Man United midfielder Scott McTominay. <laughs> You're such an ass. You're such an ass. <laughs> what? what a dick. Scott McSauce, who knew this? <laughs> McSauce. McSauce loves his Alfie. 
Who effing news? So, well, I'm afraid you didn't get every answer <laughs> That's correct. Such an art. We wasted <laughs> so much time on that question. I had to make you repeat it so many times just for the sake of Scott McTominay, <laughs> who I love, by the way. He's right. All oh, right. Jesus. Okay. Let's um. Let's let's. Uh, Should we do the scores? Yeah, let's do the scores. Um, I forgot where we were. Um, I'm gonna give. You go first, mate. You uh, go first. We'll start with Alfie. I'm gonna give Alfie a solid uh, eight. Mhm. Out of uh, twenty. I'm joking. Ten. Eight out of ten for Alfie. Um, do you want me to give uh, yeah. the the for Cleo? Uh, Cleo uh, five to seven. Um, that for me is a. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. So that's jolly close. Seven and a half. Jolly close. Seven and a half. Maybe seven. Seven point two five. Five to seven. Five to seven. Ooh. <laughs> five point seven. Ooh. Seven to <clears throat> seven two. Seven two five. Seven two five. I'm gonna do seven a seven two five. five because it's from five to seven. Seven two five. Excellent. I think I'm gonna go very similar to you, mate. In fact, do you know what? I'm gonna give them both an eight. Give them both an eight. Yeah. I like. I think they're both very equal. I really, really enjoyed them both. You're one of them is more enjoyable than the other, and one of them is more like beautiful than the other. I know it's not about who wins necessarily. It's all about appreciating film and really. But no, you want to beat me. <laughs> you do realise that by giving it that score, I win. Yeah, that's fine. Sweet. Oh, should I change it and give Alfie one out of ten? That's fine. I'll do that. No, I win. Yay! No, <laughs> no. no. But um, cool. Yeah. So we um, honestly, Alfie, Alfie can deserve to win. That's that's we, fine. We think it's Alfie wins, but that's, that's a good film. But I think that has to come from the fact that some people, like myself, would enjoy Alfie a bit more, just because it's more, a bit more entertaining. It is a bit more entertaining, yeah. and it's that's the nature of a blockbuster. And maybe. that is the nature. That is the nature of. Of uh, modern film in general, I think. John, yeah, and not even modern film. Film in the sixties, film in the twenties as truth, well, mate. Truth, 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 truth. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth. That was Michael Caine for anybody. It wasn't Corinne Marshall. And we're going to listen back when we edit these, and we're going to realise how bad our Michael Caine impressions are. I know already, mate. <laughs> My name is Michael Caine. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> right. Um, Okay, so uh, we've got another uh, show to do next week where we're going to watch the films. Hopefully, you watch the films. Oh, what decade along is it? What, what decade is it? Well, fucking, how does it work? Seventies, seventies, disco. Well, Vietnam. Funnily enough, you've just said disco. I'm just going to jump right in there. I have picked a disco classic. Oh, Star Wars. Nope. Um, <laughs> Keep guessing. Rocky. Keep guessing. Greece. Nope. Saturday Night Fever. Yes. yes! All right. Cool. Oh, again. That was loud, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we will turn that bit down. All right, so... And what um, have you done? I'm not sure if many people uh, know about Will's film, but don't worry, I'm bringing it out with a really famous one that you'll all love. Vera Khitilova's Daisies from Czechoslovakia, 1970s, okay? Absolutely my so favourite. So, you don't... Nobody has to re-watch that again. Absolutely I know that you've all film. seen it. Of all um, time. I just had to do it eventually. I love that film. Slight little uh, tidbit here. Um... Dan um, made a bit of a mistake. In fact, um, Daisies isn't from the 70s, is it? No, it's from the 60s. It's from the 60s. So uh, instead, don't watch Daisies. Well, do watch Daisies. Why not? But um, instead, watch Eraserhead by... David Lynch. David David Lynch. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, bye-bye. Very silly voice.